both of the stories that I prepped for y'all today uh, have some tangential relation to the uh, uh, social unrest that we've been seeing across the country. For context, there have been protests across the entire United States and the world for about the last two, two and a half weeks now, protesting against police violence and uh, police brutality, excuse me, especially against minority and uh, BIPOC, which is Black and Indigenous People of Color communities here in the United States and abroad. And within all of that, there have been many responses from companies, some, uh, you know, disingenuous, some very genuous... (laughs) genuine and uh, everything in between so naturally when there is social unrest at this point there is going to be some effect to business and the business world so i want to connect some of those dots and really point out why you know it's important for these topics to be brought up in the business community as well so let's get into number one. First one is all about ibm If y'all didn't see, IBM is backing out of facial recognition technology. This comes, like I said, after a few weeks of unrest and protests against police brutality. uh, And companies providing technology and gear for policing organizations are now more under the microscope. And so IBM is the first major company to back out of technology that is most critically used by law enforcement and critically in the sense of you know, it is critiqued often. Uh, Starting this week, CEO Arvind Krishna announced that they're moving away from facial recognition technology entirely. Here's what he said, quote, IBM no longer offers general purpose IBM facial recognition or analysis software. IBM firmly opposes and will not condone uses of any technology, including facial recognition technology offered by other vendors for mass surveillance, racial profiling, violations of basic human rights and freedoms, or any purpose which is not consistent with our values and principles of trust and transparency, end quote. Within that statement, uh, he also included information about a letter he sent to Congress uh, urging action against police malfeasance and urging for more regulation on how law enforcement uses facial recognition technology. And what's interesting is that this is obviously not the first time that facial recognition technology has been under the microscope, but because it is now in conjunction with uh, the broader social unrest against police brutality, uh, there is now an impetus to really step away from facial recognition technology. Here's some examples of how it's been under scrutiny. Pulled this from, ooh, forgetting the actual name of the article. I will link to it in the post so that I uh, feel better about just quoting this without attributing it anywhere. Quote, <laughs> in, in 2018, for example, the ACLU performed a test on Amazon's facial recognition system and found it incorrectly matched 28 members of Congress with mugshots, including six members of the Congressional Black Caucus. A year later, excuse me, a year later, the ACLU repeated the test and this time found the tech falsely matched 27 professional athletes to images in a mugshot database, end quote. So that's just one example of how facial recognition technology by uh, the corporate giants right now are being, uh, you know, a, a, a bit misused uh to put it lightly uh the technology is just not refined and has incredibly um uh i guess incredibly baked in racial biases that i don't really believe were conspiratorially added in any way that's like we're gonna make facial recognition technology racist i think it's more that the technology has not accounted for some of our implicit biases and because humans are the ones coding technology Technology reflects the will of the human to some degree. Hmm. So, 
What are some of y'all's immediate takeaways from IBM's step away here? The first thing I think of is when I used to hear concerns about privacy or the misuse of facial recognition or things along those lines, the things that would typically raise red flags amongst people who are concerned about privacy, my first thought was always, well, I don't have to be concerned because I haven't done anything wrong and I have no real reason to be worried or whatever if you know there's facial recognition or whatever. I have no problem with you know, with that being used, but I think that probably represents a, a privilege that I had that I didn't, uh, that I wasn't aware of previously. And I think that that quote that you read about the incorrect matches and, and things along those lines in, in cases like what we've seen recently, incorrectly identifying somebody as a criminal can be incredibly, um, can hold big ramifications. Is that fair to say? Um, I'm trying to be as, as, um, judicious with my words as possible here, but (laughs) yeah, I, I think that, I think that for a long time I turned a blind eye to what concerns there could exist in the world of privacy because I felt like I had nothing to hide, but having seen the larger ramifications and having seen maybe some of the systemic issues that exist in our society in, in a lot of areas, you can recognize that this technology being used and being used and implemented incorrectly or when there is still not 100% certainty on things can lead to huge consequences. And so I think it's smart on IBM's part. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, specifically since we're seeing so many people who are um, politically aligned or ideologically aligned with certain groups and then those groups who are being targeted as um you know, maybe specific threats or something that, you know, could be uh, affiliated with just something you don't necessarily want to be or or shouldn't be. So, you know, maybe now you can, you know, attribute your your likeness to your privacy and to, you know, your data. And I think this kind of goes back to um, our conversation about Google the other day um, and talking about how, you know, realistically, when you're sharing data, um, you need to know how that data is going to be used, uh, not only for you, but potentially against you and, and things of that nature. So I think that now, um, you know, companies are realizing that it's really important for not only uh, not only the, the company itself, but for us as a society to make sure that, you know, we aren't, uh, you know, we're, we're being human centric, not even customer centric, you know, that we're not allowing these to one become human rights violations which is i think the 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 big discussion that we're having um in the current political climate is um you know violations of human rights and do you in being either accused of being a criminal or convicted of being a criminal no longer have the same rights and privacy um to freedom that other people do you know so you say you know you've reformed your life and you are in some sort of facial recognition database uh via some criminal activity, you've now, you know, served your your punishment or your, your time or whatever the case may be, or paid your fine or, you know, got it erased or removed. But now you're still having this um, kind of connotation to, you know, your name, to your likeness and to, to your actual being. And um, is that, you know, something that we need to do in the name of security is, you know, cut back on privacy? Is that something that we need to do in the uh, name of, of marketing and advertising, you know, and, and highly targeting people online even. Um, 
I, I just think no, you know, I, I'm, and you know, maybe, you know, you call me old fashioned, you know, whatever we might listen to this podcast, you know, 50 years from now and they'll say, Oh, uh, okay. You, you old millennial, you know, you trying to keep your, <laughs> your privacy intact here in the, in this, you know, even further digital age. But I just, you know, while we're looking at these organizations, uh, specifically targeting, um, rights of people and infringing on human rights. Um, many of these these uh, national institutions, you know, have uh, kind of have a reputation, at least specifically currently, of not necessarily working for people, but against people. And I think as long as that's the sentiment, as long as that's the um, the direction and trajectory that technology has has been heading in, I think it's only it's it's the only ethical move is to not align yourself with it. Yeah, you know, I think uh, as much as I am totally on board with everything y'all said, right, we need to keep business being human-centric and, right, not just, like you said, customer-centric with how is the consumer going to react to this, but even that language really, uh, you know, dehumanizes the end user, which is another human being. Um, you know, what are the long-term consequences of innovating in this direction, right? Do we really need this technology if the only use cases are going to be ones that, uh, for the most part, uh, take away from our privacy, either here in the United States or abroad. I think the reason why, like as much as I agree, I am also just kind of weary and apprehensive of this really having any long-term effect is, uh, you know, in, in a more focused sense, um, one zero, which is a uh, just an analysis and data collection company, they did a report recently that found that more than 45 companies are actively advertising facial recognition for real-time surveillance to both private and governmental clients. So just because IBM is stepping away does not mean facial recognition as a technology and a, the potentially insidious use cases of the technology are going away, which, you know, is, uh, uh, I guess, the half glass em or the glass half empty uh, kind of viewpoint on everything. But then you go even a step further, the idea of human-centric business... Um, you know, there are companies that are having a uh, field day because of the protests right now, uh, because they are the ones supplying tear gas to all of the um, uh, police organizations across the United States, right? So mm -hmm. when you think of that dynamic alone, uh, there is a business that is incentivized to sell this product, which is not even allowed uh, in warfare, but it's being sold within the United States to policing organizations, and then that substance is then used uh, rather indiscriminately. So when you look at that dynamic alone, that's like, okay, the whole function of this product is literally anti-human centric, right? But there is still like a flourishing business and a business relationship and one that is uh, being challenged now, but for the last, I don't know, several decades was not challenged at this kind of national scale. So I guess what I'm getting at is what is it going to take for business to really uh, value that human-centric metric to a degree that it supersedes uh, potential profit or potential um, you know, financial incentives? Sure. That kind of goes into the next piece we're going to talk to here in a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your all's thoughts on that?
I think you said it best. I think that it's it just comes down to the fact of the the values of your company. Do you value human rights, um, privacy, security, um, just general well being? Um, over profits and you know either you're going to empower the individual or you're going to empower institutions and if your institutions are aligned with anti-human right behavior um like i said you just you can't ethically also align yourself with that even for the sake of profit um so i i think there's there's a big cultural shift that needs to happen i think that there's a big you know dynamic and um you know maybe incentivizing humanitarian rights you know maybe companies get kickbacks you know or something if they move in a direction that that helps humans and society um I, you know whatever the case may be I think that it's uh, you know it, it's just a call that you have to make as an organization, as a company, and and really just as as people too. And uh, you know I, I think many of the people who are in the position to make these decisions are not the ones that will be directly affected by them, um, or at least def- affected in any sort of uh, largely measurable way. So um, you know that that's my stance on it. Agreed. I mean, it's it's such a structural ask, you know, mm-hmm. hey, stop selling. You know, I mean, it basically what we're talking about is like challenging the entire uh, like a military industrial complex, for example. Right. Like it's not like that's just going to happen tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. not like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin are just going to say, hey, you know what? We're just going to stop doing this because we no longer care about the potential like uh, human consequences of uh creating predator drones mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. so like you know the, the incentives almost have to be forced and i think something like uh something like huge social pressure and um like a a, a very focused campaign almost pr campaign mm-hmm. uh, against the use of some of this technology or some of these products uh, or some of these weapons that is really, I think, what it's going to continue to take to see some change. So those are my final thoughts on it. I think you're right. And I think it's a huge issue and uh, something that we will probably continue to deal with as technology continues moving forward over the next however many years. Yes, agreed. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.